today we are returning to the story of Sarah and Abraham. They get new names today. They have been Abram and Sarai. And um, this is our third week in the story of the mother and father of our faith, of the Jewish faith and the father, and the story of the mother today, um, of Islam. So it's a pretty significant story in the history of the world. And even though it's 4,000 years old, it has quite an influence today, as you might know from that heritage. Um, and it's fairly um, strange and interesting with lots of twists and turns. So um, two weeks ago, we met Abram and Sarai, and we... Um, when God said, leave where you are and go to the place that I will show you. And they had a few adventures along the way in Egypt where Sarai became the Pharaoh's wife and then was returned to Abram. And then they went on to new adventures. And Alan talked to us um, last week about the promise that God made again to Abram that he... First at 75, that he would have be the father of many nations. And then later, that he would have as many children as the grains of sand on the, in the ground, the dust of the earth or the stars in the sky. Um, he's getting older. God's still making this promise. And so today we come to the story that returns again to Sarai as the instigator, the main character, the person who um, takes charge of the situation. So, some might say that she was impatient. Some might say that she acted, and nobody else was acting, so she was going to do it. And some might say that she had a twisted sense of getting what she wanted. But 4,000 years ago, things were very different than they are today. So any way that we see her, we have to kind of take off our own cultural lens and put on a little bit, at least, of the lens that said this is what people did. So now that you have that in your mind, I'm going to read you a part of the story. We're as far as chapter 16, beginning, we began in chapter 12, and now we're in 16. And we're going to move to 17 before we finish. So this, this is um, Sarai's story. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, for him no children. She had an Egyptian slave girl. Remember, they went to Egypt. She had an Egyptian slave girl whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, You see that the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go, take my slave girl. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived for ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, 
took Hagar the Egyptian, her slave girl, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as a wife. He went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my slave girl to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Your slave girl is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she ran away from her. So if Sarai had thought all these things through and imagined what life might be like if she got what she wanted, she might have realized that things would change if her slave became pregnant with her husband's child. <laughs> right? Things were not going to be the same. Things might get a little twisted. They might get a little turned upside down. And her slave might not keep the place of being below her if she is pregnant with her husband's child. And this is all as a wife, because he gave to her to her as a wife. But she didn't think that these things were going to happen like they did, or she wasn't happy when the thing that she wanted actually happened. <laughs> because it changed her life in a way that she didn't want it to be changed. Have you ever imagined a quick fix? Have you ever thought that, you know, if that <coughs> thing changed, my life would be so much better? So think about it. We're not going to share it today. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like you to think about a time in your life when you thought, if I only lived somewhere different, if only I could move, if only I had a different job, if only I wasn't with him or her, and I was with somebody else, if only something in my life was different than it is. And think back to that thing that you wanted to change and how it changed, because things change, right? And was it the solution to all of your problems that you imagined it might be? Usually the quick fix or the thing that we think is the simplest way to get from point A to point B, not why works like that. In our impatience, we want things to be different, but we want everything to be different. And sometimes we, like Sarah, I don't think, through all the consequences of that quick fix. So she acted that she regretted it. And she didn't um, know really what she was getting into, or she didn't think about it. Now, growing up with the name Sarah, <laughs> I had this 
idealized version of Sarah in the Bible. Because women in the Bible, or anybody in the Bible, is perfect <laughs> to a child. And so I, had, I thought, oh, well, I'm supposed to grow up to be like Sarah. I'm supposed to be faithful and kind and gentle and patient and, you know, all those things that you're supposed to be. And then I, in my teenage years, I read this story. <laughs> and the story of Sarah's relationship with Hagar and Ishmael later, which is when she sends them off into the desert to die. And I thought, I'm kind of embarrassed to be named Sarah. <laughs> like, this is not the person that I thought she was, and it's not the person that I want to be. So, but this is Sarah. This is who she is. And this is who she continues to be through this story. So, 13 years later, after Ishmael is born, 13 years later, after Ishmael is born to Hagar, God speaks to Abram to clarify, to re-clarify this vision, and to tell him that, yes, he will be the father of many nations, and that Sarai will be the father, will be the mother of many nations. This hasn't been said before. <laughs> like maybe before you could think that Sarai thought maybe she was standing in the way, maybe she needed to take charge of the situation because the promise wasn't to her. But 13 years later, after she gives her slave to her husband to have a child, God says, that's a long time, yeah. You, God says to Abram, that Sarai will have a son, and his name will be Isaac, within a year. And in this process of re-clarifying the vision, God says to Abram, you will be Abraham, father of men. So, I am going to read you the part about Sarai in, in God's communication with Abraham. In, verse, in chapter 17, verse 15, God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall, not call, you shall call her Sarai. You shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her. Got that? And she shall give rise to nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Can a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Can Sarah, Sarah, see, he gets her name right, Sarah, who's 90 years old, bear a child? And Abram said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live in your sight. This is his son who's already there. God said, No. But your wife, Sarah, Sarah shall bear you a son, and you shall name him Isaac. 
establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will bless him and make him fruitful and exceedingly numerous. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this season next year. And when he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. So, did you catch that Abraham is 100? <laughs> and Sarah is 90? So, I would be impatient too, right? This happened, <laughs> like they were 75, 65 when this started, and this is a few years later. God has made this promise, but they've been waiting for it. They thought maybe it was fulfilled, but no, it's still coming, and they are nearing a century. <laughs> so it's kind of a crazy story, don't you think? <laughs> but God says that Sarah <coughs> will be blessed. Multiple times, God says that Sarah will be blessed. Now we might think if this was, if God was looking for growth and moralism and goodness in people, that God was just waiting until Sarah grew up, you know, how she got her act together and she would be kind and generous and she would teach her son the right things. But this is the woman who sends Hagar and Ishmael out to die after her son is born. Because she wants the place for him, which she's been waiting for for a long time. But sometimes I think God just waits. My friend in, my friend who is a pastor, Arturo, in Lima, Peru, always used to say, Dios obra al último momento. God always acts at the last possible moment. <laughs> and this is not a phrase that means everything just happens for a reason and everything in God's timing. The way that I hear that statement is in our last moment, in what we perceive as the end of our rope, the deadline that we created, and maybe we've moved back a couple times because God hasn't acted, that's when God comes to our aid, or that's when we are open to being changed, or to being different, or seeing our circumstances change around us. Dios obra al último momento. And the Ultimo momento is when you're 99 years old and you're told you're <laughs> Like, that's pretty much the last, like, we would say, that's fairly old to have a baby. <laughs> but God does act. God does engage. God does move our hearts. And our circumstances, whatever they are, do change. Right? If you look back on your life, you see that the circumstances of your life have changed. Sometimes through your own choices, and sometimes through other people's choices, and sometimes just through the passing of time. 
sometimes we are called to act and to bring change, like Sarah did, maybe for good, maybe for bad, but to act and to recognize that God doesn't act alone most of the time. And sometimes we're just called to wait and to listen and to look within and to look for God who is right there with us in whatever circumstance we find ourselves. I know that when I have been in a place where I wanted my reality to be different than it was, the only hope I found was that God was right there with me. Right there with me. This story of Sarah and Abraham um, became an important story for me when I heard a song by Andrew Peterson, who is um, one of our favorite family artists, and um, and we're going to see him in a few weeks, so that's pretty awesome. But um, this, he wrote this song about the story of Sarah and Abraham, and he wrote it from the perspective of Abraham. And it. He's a beautiful writer, and um, so I'd like to share with you some of these words from the song, and then Monique's going to sing them for us. <laughs> these are words of, of hope, and words that reassure Sarah and Abraham himself that the promise is not just for them, but that after they are gone, the promise that has been given to them will be living on beyond them. Which is a beautiful idea for any of us, right? That we all want something of our lives to be living on beyond us. Like the stars across the heavens flung, like water in the desert sprung, like the grains of sand are many suns. O Sarah, fair and barren one, come to Canaan, come. I trembled at the voice of God, a voice of love and thunder deep. With love, he means to save us all. And love has chosen you and me. Long after we are dead and gone, a thousand years our tale be sung, have faith compelled and bore us on. How Baron Sarah bore us on. Come.
this table here in a moment to uh, share in this feast. Bread.